2: You're listening to Around the Dial, your one stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host,
3: CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk for Friday, 222, February the 22nd. I'm your host. DA and today some massive news as owner of the New England Patriots Robert Kraft charged with soliciting a prostitute as part of an undercover sting in Florida this obviously a bombshell that broke right around noon eastern time on Friday let's listen in as the guys on WEI in Boston react here's Rich Keefe and Dale Arnold.
4: The police in Florida have said there is video evidence of all the people being charged, including Kraft.
5: Video evidence? That's what the police are saying. So wait till wait till that comes out. Oh, Heidi Fleiss was who I was thinking of. It yeah. sounded like it was a Heidi Fleiss situation, but that he was uh, he was just a customer. I don't know what what's the uh, the penalty for that. I don't even know. Because uh, believe it or not, I'm, Dale, I've never paid for sex. Yeah. Believe it or not, you guys might be shocked. You, you see what I look like. You might suggest that I would have or needed to. Not true. Never have. I know I've heard. Uh, remember the, the guy who ran the bunny ranch out in Vegas? He's, all, he's no longer with us. But the guy who ran the bunny ranch, he said that if anybody, if any man says they've never paid for sex, they're lying. Which I said, no, sir. No, sir. But apparently,
4: even if you're a billionaire, you have to you have to pay for sex. Well, literally every place now has this story. Yahoo Sports, um, everywhere. Oh yeah. And as you said, a whole TMZ started. There, a few uh, they got it first. And and I'll also say this: we were we were talking about this during the commercial break. How often is TMZ wrong? They have had an unbelievable streak. And by the way, the Jupiter police chief has already talked about this,
5: so they were not wrong. No, they're certainly not wrong, but no, they've had such a a long run of getting things and getting things way before anybody else. Like they, whether it's the NFL or whoever, like, you know, actors getting into different incidents. I mean, they they are all over They've had an impressive streak of, of getting everything right.
4: Mark Daniels, Providence Journal tweeted out, according to Jupiter police chief Daniel Kerr, there will be an arrest warrant issued for Robert Kraft is being charged with two counts of solicitation this is the result of a six month investigation in massage parlors in Florida this also involved human traffickers there is video evidence of the people being charged warrants were issued for 173 people I mean, the human trafficking part is really what's disgusting about it, and and that's obviously not the part that involves Robert.
5: No, it doesn't.
0: No,
4: it doesn't. When I first read it on TMZ, that's what I wondered. But
5: when this, so TMZ, I would imagine is going to be the first one that has the video of him going into this uh, massage parlor or whatever, and then him coming out of it. I would assume they're going to have it if they're
4: announcing that uh, it, it does exist. Yeah, this is. I mean, you can you could probably pretty much imagine. What Twitter's like right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a yeah. fair number of people out there who hate everything about the Patriots anyway. Yeah. Uh, and this just gives them, you know, extra ammunition. All the jokes that are being made out there now.
5: There's probably a few uh, few jokes being tossed around out there. Somebody
4: said, uh, somebody wrote, at least it's nice to see an owner willing to spend money. <laughs> I mean, somebody else on Twitter said Robert Kraft living his, oh, Jason Whitlock said Robert Kraft living his best life. I guess he is.
5: I guess he really is. So, yeah, it's just, I mean, it looks terrible for the for the team and for the franchise. You know, how many years ago was it now that Jim Ursay was, you know, caught with all the pills and everything else? And everybody was, I mean, think about all the jokes that were about Jim Ursay and everything else. And now it's about Robert Kraft where... I mean, I'm sure he's just going to have to pay a fine. That's kind of my
4: guess, right? That's what I think is, is involved. I, yeah, I, it's I really more, believe it's a misdemeanor.
5: It's really more embarrassing than it, anything it, else. Totally. I mean, that's what it comes down to.
4: Diana Rossini just tweeted out, the Patriots really need Bryce Harper to sign with the Red Sox, like right <laughs> now.
5: <laughs> I mean, the 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 mental image it gives you alone is... What? That's not where you went, Rossi? That's not where you immediately... No, that's, that's the last thing I was okay. thinking about.
4: Okay, all right. Uh, it it as as you said, more than anything else, it's the embarrassment factor.
5: Oh, no, it's it's insanely embarrassing. Like I don't know what like what ends up ap- actually happening to Robert Kraft. It is embarrassing. It'll always be connected with him the rest of the way. Like the, every time he is on TV, especially fans outside of New England, as you said, Dale, who look for whatever reason they can to rip on Brady, to rip on Belichick, because they're so sick of the winning. And now when you have Robert Kraft out there. Say next year, hypothetically, he's accepting another Super Bowl trophy or whatever it is. Like, you're going to see him again. Not that he does a million interviews, but when he is out there, everybody is going to remember this. It's, it's like, a, it's a, I'm telling you, it's, it's similar to Jim Ursay. It's different, you know, and what he was caught doing is, is different, but it's the same kind of, uh, I think, response that he's going to get.
3: If I were to guess what happens in this story, It's that the NFL would like to gently make this thing go away. And that since Robert Kraft is up there in years anyway, and we were counting down the years until he would hand the team over to his son, Jonathan Kraft for daily responsibilities and daily ownership duties that happens now sooner rather than later. I don't think the NFL is going to go anywhere near forcing Robert Kraft to have to sell the organization His representatives are saying that there's no truth to the charges, but let's just go ahead and say, if it does end up that Robert Kraft can't wiggle his way out of this, I think the NFL allows a pretty quiet change in power and ownership and that the new England Patriots remain in the Kraft family, but just Robert Kraft gets pushed to the back and the shadows. I'm sure This is just the tip of the iceberg as we will continue hearing plenty more about this story. Robert Kraft on Friday being charged with soliciting prostitution, a misdemeanor charge from a sex ring sting in Florida. What would it be without a day listening in to Pittsburgh Sports Radio and 93.7 a Fan to hear what the latest is surrounding the Steelers' never-ending drama? Yesterday we told you about General Manager Kevin Colbert citing Ben Roethlisberger as essentially having 52 kids under him. That can't sit well anywhere on that roster inside that organization. And James Harrison, former Steelers, great, spoke out about this on the NFL Network. Let's listen in to Cook and Joe on the fan in Pittsburgh as they react to Kevin Colbert and what Harrison had to say.
6: Had a feeling that that what Kevin Colbert said the other day, Ron, was not going to play well, uh, and obviously James Harrison's not there anymore. But I'm guessing it doesn't play well with a lot of guys in that room.
7: Yeah, I'm sure, but I I also buy that he was Kevin was definitely overzealous, and if he had to say it again, uh, maybe he wouldn't have said that. But I truly believe he didn't mean it in the sense uh, that he's belittling everybody else in the locker room. I think it was more he's defending his quarterback. He's won. Uh, he has every right to be the leader uh, bad choice of words but I don't think the I, my I, my feeling is the it was intent was not malicious I hear now, that. they may some players may take it that way um but I don't think it was malicious
6: not malicious at all but a lot of times it's not what you mean it's what you say and that's what got out there and what I think James is expressing what I what I would have heard uh, it, it, m- not malicious but disregarding um, 52 kids and our father figure, and he can even call me the GM out if he wants that, that Kevin Colbert didn't say that was, and I've never said this about Kevin Colbert. It was a dumb thing to say the way he said it. I've never said yeah, it about him. Yeah,
7: probably, probably was. So your
6: feelings on that 412 928-9370, and I also, Ron. What are your feelings on on the source here? Even even if it made sense, like like he starts with Tomlin. Does does oh, leadership c- Does leadership start with the the players in the room or with the coach?
7: Uh, I think it's both. Um, you know, obviously Harrison has an axe to grind with Tomlin for whatever reason. Uh, he has gone out of his way basically since he left here uh, to ridicule Tomlin and 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 to demean him at every turn. Uh, you know, the locker room leadership needs to be better, no question. But I do think it starts with the top, and I agree 100% with him, where he said Tomlin has allowed too much to get go, and I, I, I truly believe that. That's
6: for sure. But isn't that like the kid who, you know, gets expelled for pulling the fire alarms, saying the principal does it lets too much stuff go?
7: Well, I guess. Um, I think it's a combination of both. But I think it has to tone, the rules have to be set by the coach to start with. And then guys like Jerome, who always told me, my job is to be the liaison between the players and the coach, and I'm not sure they have that right now.
6: Yeah, me neither. I, I just think the source of this, is it, it's rich that it's coming from him, of all people. And yet, what he said did make sense. But he also said, Ron, there's some fault with Antonio, some fault with blame, some fault with uh, Ben, some blame with Ben. Uh, where does the blame come in with Ben? What do you think he's talking about?
7: Uh just that, probably that they don't think he is as good enough of a leader. I don't know. I don't know where. It, I don't know what they're thinking. Where it starts, Harrison. That's the first time I heard him take any blame for himself for his situation. He said, "There's blame on me, blame on Tomlin." There's oh, when you when things don't go right, when you don't win, when you fall short of the playoffs, everybody is susceptible to criticism. True, and blame. But, everybody. But that year,
6: the year he was here, they were they were winning a ton,
7: thirteen and three, as Art Rooney points out.
6: And I think it's I think it's pretty clear, Ron, that that he believes he was misled going into that final year. No
7: question. And was maybe, his
6: contract signed before they drafted T.J. Watt? I
7: think it was after. Okay. And they wanted, you know, and then but the, you knew the writing on the wall, you know, and they probably should have released him right then in camp. When remember when Joey Porter came out and said we're committed to these young guys. Ed we're Bouchette gonna, had that story. We're going to yeah. play Watt and we're going to play uh, Bud Dupree, and and right then and there, it should have been clear that uh, it wasn't going to work out for Harrison, and they kept him around, and I think that was their
3: mistake. Well, you can try to love it up all you want. You can put lipstick on a pig, but at the end of the day, it's still a pig. Kevin Colbert did himself no favors in terms of how that team views Roethlisberger inside the organization and with ownership by citing the rest of the roster as 52 kids. And by even saying that Roethlisberger had the right to criticize the general manager. What the GM there is doing is trying to defend his quarterback, but in doing so, going so far overboard, he gives credence to what Antonio Brown said, that Ben Roethlisberger is above reproach inside that organization and has too much influence and too much power. Colbert just stuck his foot in his mouth. There's no two ways about it. From Robert Kraft having a charge against him. To Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger's dust-up publicly. To now Zion Williamson is just another day and another crazy story this week. USA Today's Dan Walken joined Bull and Fox on two three, The Fan in Cleveland. And now that we know it's a mild knee sprain, just a grade one, and that Zion's going to be graded day-to-day in his return to the Duke Blue Devils, is it fair to say the sports world overreacted to the injury we saw Wednesday night?
2: Uh, You
8: know, kind of a minor, common knee sprain. um, You know, that's just not a major deal, uh, regardless of of what level you're playing at. Now, you know, he may have to sit out a week, two weeks, and and if he decides to shut it down like any other player, you have to respect that decision. He doesn't have a contract. He's um, playing in college as an amateur, not getting paid, and... If that's a decision somebody makes, then that's, that's on them. You have to respect that. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that's the decision he would make if he is physically able to play for Duke uh, in, in the NCAA tournament. Um, look, the problem with this discussion, and it's something that nobody really wants to acknowledge, that for somebody who is a, quote, future NBA player like Zion Williamson, like a lot of the Duke kids, like uh, you know the 20 or 30 players in college basketball right now, there is no league in the world where they could go play today and be compensated equal to the value that they have. It just doesn't exist. Now, you could go to the G League and play for $100,000. You could go to Europe and play for half a million or maybe even a million, potentially. Uh, but, if you, you know, any of those leagues you go to and play, again, as a, quote, future NBA player, um, if you go blow out your knee oh, and it's catastrophic and you're never going to be the same and you're never going to play basketball uh, or be have an opportunity to make millions of dollars playing basketball, um, you still have been shortchanged based on your potential as a, quote, future NBA player. So, you know, I just like, what are you supposed to do? Like, n- you're just not going to play basketball for, for six months. You're not going to, um, you know, you're not going to practice. You're not going to run. You're not going to have, you know, physical activity. Like I think people just go way overboard with some of this. When the reality is most injuries, even what we would consider significant injuries in basketball do not prevent teams from drafting players really highly. So, on some level, I just kind of sit here and go, "What are we even talking about?"
3: You know, a lot of people are, are blaming the NCAA, is is we're talking about here a little bit, but it seems like people should be more mad, maybe at the leagues, right? I mean, because these players have to go play at least one year um, of college; it, it, they have to be one year out or whatever. But the NBA, if they let players come out of high school, then you wouldn't you would never have this discussion, right? I, I think it's just a, a fact that college
8: sports, the NCAA has done everything it can do to try to say to the, quote, one-and-done crowd that we don't want you. Um, They've said, you know, NBA, fix your rule. It's the NBA's rule. And they've told the kids who come to college specifically to be one-and-done players that they should consider going to play in Europe or going to the G League or taking other avenues. Um, The NCAA has tried to legislate that out of its – Game. And so now I think that's stupid. I think it's beneficial to college sports and to college basketball mm-hmm. to have a Zion Williamson, to have an RJ Barrett, you know, playing even if it's just for five months. Um, but that is uh, not the NCAA's fault at all. Now, there's certainly reasons why the NCAA system is bad, why it's unfair, and why common sense needs to prevail and they need to let these kids profit off their name, image, and likeness, but that has nothing to do with what the NBA uh, has decided along the lines of its collective bargaining.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails.
1: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Overreaction in 2019 on social media.
3: No, that's not what we do. Come on. But look, I think anytime you see the number one pick in the NBA draft, have his knee buckle, immediately limp off of the floor, and get taken out of the game, not to come back, there is going to be some massive reaction to it. We don't live in a day and age where that is not going to raise everybody's antenna and get opinions flowing. But for Zion Williamson, if he wants to come back on that knee, whether it's 100%, 90%, whatever that is, and play for these guys, you've got to support that. But as Dan says there, if Zion says it's time for me to shut it down, I am not getting paid right now, and I don't want to risk further injury to this knee. Hey, people have to respect that as well. So whether it's Zion's knee or the Robert Kraft news that broke or Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger or Jim Beheim being in a fatal car accident which killed a man a couple of nights ago, it's just been something every single day. On top of that, Manny Machado signing, but Bryce Harper has not. When did a slow week in February become a huge news week? This schmoo, Steve Summers, on WFAN in New York.
2: And only in this month can you have a lead story when the month of February has to call in the month of May and the month of June for help. When Mount Zion took to the floor last night, jaws were dropping as well. And most of those jaws belong... To fans of the New York Knickerbockers, so on a February night, you were thinking May 14th, the lottery, and June 20th, the NBA draft. To be or not to be a number one. Let's hope the New York Knickerbocker medical staff has better power ranking when it comes to giving physicals to players on their draft board than the New York Metropolitans. Noah Syndergaard says, give the kid an MRI. What we are hearing tonight are words you really don't want to hear about the incident from last night. Critical condition, lost soul, tongue fit to be tied, never to see the floor again. Of course, we're we're talking about the shoe. Mount Zion is going to live to play another game. The shoe, not so. In yes, 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 Mount Zion did not have the look of love on his face when this bizarre incident took place. But you know who is in real serious pain? Nike. And you know who might have had a smile on the face? Adidas and Under Armour to name two. And certainly Michael Jordan jumping for joy in his shoes watching his Tobacco Road Warriors beat on a not-so-special K and his Black and Blue Devils by 16. Will Mount Zion play again? Well, of course, and uh, certainly only if he can, to show one and all he can and any talk of shutting him down should be shut down. Right now, the shoe in worse shape than Mount Zion from all accounts. Mount Zion, a grade one right knee sprain day to day like the rest of us. For the left shoe, funeral services pending. February, and you know I'm talking about you, can be such a tease. As in yesterday, yesterday when the news came down of Manny and his money, and you were thinking, okay, the vault has been open for those free agents still free from a team to call their own. Keichel and Gonzalez to name two. And, of course, number one, will the price be nice for Bryce? True or false? Four or five teams have made large bids on Armper. Only the Shadow knows, and even the Shadow has some doubts, possibly. So, somewhere over the rainbow sits a pot of gold for the lefty from the crashinals. And who might be those teams in the rumorizing? Maybe before tonight is over, although uh, nobody is expecting Bryce Harper to be announcing or any of his people to be announcing he is signed anywhere. Not today, maybe tomorrow, or maybe Saturday, or maybe Sunday. Me here, you there,
3: the schmooze after dark. Man, who could have ever thought that a week that is supposed to be the slowest, or one of the slowest on the sports calendar has all of these nutty things happen over the course of just three or four days. I've never seen anything like it. February is for slow news days, not crazy ones like we saw this week. Baseball season is here. We finally got spring training games as well, which is great. And as we all know, a huge part of today's major league baseball landscape is Pitchers throwing harder than ever before, which has lent itself to more wear and tear on a young pitcher's arm, which means that now Tommy John surgery is more and more common than ever. And also, so is recovery from it and coming back and having a career after Tommy John. But how about new technology to help you recover from Tommy John even faster? On Gwyn and Chris on 97.3 The Fan in San Diego, former Major League Baseball pitcher, Chris Capuano joined them and discussed how this new technology recovering from a major injury like Tommy John can help us going forward in the sports landscape. Chris, tell
9: tell us a little about a little bit about what you're into, man. It sounds uh, sounds very cutting edge for for our athletes who are coming back from some serious surgeries.
0: Yeah, no doubt. These guys at Boston Biomotion, uh, I met them last year and and they've essentially invented uh, an entirely new way to train, uh, a really cool new piece of uh, strength equipment called Proteus. And uh, this is something that, as you know, I had two Tommy Johns in my career, something I definitely wish I had, you know, in coming back from those. So um, just a really unique new platform that combines an entirely new uh, training resistance. It's a 3D magnetic training resistance, which, uh, you know, the standalone training machine produces higher muscle activation yet has lower strain on the muscles and joints and uh allows you to do all of your traditional exercises and then uh all of your functional movements as well. So like you can simulate hitting, throwing, shooting mm. a basketball, uh anything you can think of. And you can actually invent entirely new exercises that you couldn't do before. And uh so not only is it a new sort of training resistance, it's also uh, uh, collects first-ever athlete data on uh, strength and muscle performance. And this is the this is the real differentiator for the system. It collects this data, w- which can actually flag imbalances, track your progress over time, and sort of let you know when these changes occur uh, that can possibly flag when you're most at risk for something like Tommy John. And it does it just while you're training on an everyday basis and then sort of incorporates these insights right back into your program. So it's, it's an intelligent training machine, kind of like, You know, the an iPhone versus a flip phone, uh, and just an entirely new sort of line of fitness equipment. This new technology—why was it needed? Is it because guys are taking so long to come back from Tommy John surgery, or is it because there's some dangers in coming back from Tommy John surgery? A little bit of both, but but really, there's there's sort of a void. There's all of this data and analytics power now with uh, athletes tracking. You know, you have these camera systems like. Dari and other motion capture systems like the one the NBA has now instituted. Uh, and they have a lot of wearable devices like uh, Whoop and Catapult that the NFL guys have in their pads that track things. So you're getting a whole host of this athlete data, but there's no data right now that actually measures uh, you know, strength and muscle performance while they're training. Mm. And so there's a kind of void of data that Proteus is geared towards filling. And the, the big reason it's needed is because, you know, all of this time that athletes are missing, all this money that that teams are spending on the DL, you know, if there's a way to incorporate in your everyday training that can kind of let you know when these changes or these imbalances are happening, uh, that's extremely valuable information. And then be able to kind of tailor that into your sort of training uh, immediately without you having to even think about it. Um, That's kind of where the need comes from for a machine like Proteus. And, And I do envision it sort of um, helping helping guys avoid injury, helping guys stay healthy, and then if they do get injured, which we all know is going to happen because if athletes are only throwing harder, you know, hitting farther, running faster, so you're still going to have injuries. When you do have those, Proteus can uh, you know hopefully cut down on that rehab time and, and make the rehabilitation smarter.
3: And finally, Thursday night marked the return of the NBA after the All Star break. And so on the back end of this season, one thing to watch is the rookie of the year sensation, Luka Doncic. He has just been amazing for the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavs obviously making the huge deal to trade for Kristaps Porzingis. And everybody in Dallas just frothing at the mouth about the potential of those two guys being able to play together when Kristaps is finally back on the floor. There's been so many comps made to Luka Doncic the guys on the Ben and Skin show on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas had Mavericks guard Tim Hardaway Jr. join them. And they said, all right, make a comparison of players that you could mash up that would compare favorably to what you're seeing from Luka Doncic. And his comparison was pretty surprising. Let's listen in.
8: What has been your uh, initial impressions? It's been, it has been hadn't been that long, but what have been your first impressions of playing here in Dallas and specifically uh, vibing off of Luka?
9: I mean Luca first of all, you know, he's a great a great talent. Uh you know, he's like I said, he's, he's this guy's not a rookie, you know, he's played professionally overseas so he knows the ins and outs of the game. He knows how to dissect the defense when you were playing offense and uh he just does the best of his abilities, you know, moving at his pace and uh, being that effective. So, um just playing with the with that guy, you know, he's gonna create a lot of um uh, a lot of havoc and a lot of uh attention towards himself so it makes our jobs you know easy for him if we just knock down our wide open shots um but uh yeah man the, the environment here in Dallas has been great uh, the city's been great and it's it's just been a, a whirlwind you know these past couple of weeks
7: you know give me a uh if you could a comp for Luca but I'll let you combine two players Luca is this guy and a little bit of this guy who
1: would those two players be
9: oh my goodness I mean, everybody wants to compare him with the James Harden with the step back. And, you know, I see a lot of Brandon Roy in him. Uh, oh, wow. You know, yeah, Brandon Roy, you know, that guy made big shots, knocked down the three, gets to the lane, moved at his pace, played point at a, uh, at a, you know, a great size, uh, defenders, and you know, a lot of people forget about Brandon Roy, but, you know, I, I really could see him, Brandon Roy, and James Harden mixed together.
4: Are you too young to remember
8: your dad being on the Run TMC teams? You were really oh, young li- then, weren't you?
9: A, a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit of uh, not. I was born in ninety two, so I really can't right. really uh, talk about it. But I mean, I I remember some looking at some YouTube clips of him and and looking at how uh, them and them like Run TMC and. John Nelson, how he got those guys going. And, and, you know, that type of brand of basketball is being played today, just running up and down, playing at a fast place, shooting breeze, breeze and layups. So, uh, um, I mean, that type of brand of basketball, I think they, they really started that.
3: A Brandon Roy, you rarely hear that, but I like that comparison a lot. Harden and Roy. Yeah, people absolutely take that comparison and take that combination. And that's why Luka Doncic is one of the most impressive, most exciting, most dynamic rookies we've seen in a long, long time. Well, if next week is anything close to this week, we're going to have another five unbelievable episodes of Around the Dial. This was supposed to be a slow one, but who knew it would be anything but. That's the best in your sports talk for February the 22nd. I'm your host, D.A. We'll see you next week, everybody. Who knows what's around the corner? Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the
4: Radio.com app.
8: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or...